and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. We are here today to start discussing the second book of the Hyperion Cantos, named The Fall of Hyperion. We're your hosts, John. And Johnny. And this book is structured a little differently. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, putting a lot of emphasis on a different uh, creative person different writer <laughs> yes taking ourselves away from the medieval uh the medieval poet and bringing us to the you'd know better than i would what era keeps 18th century <laughs> poet i think yeah, it's 18th I... century but yeah and and he kind of is the narrative structure <laughs> Uh, Keith slash Johnny slash Severn, I forget. Yeah, he's he's in Severn's body. Um, Severn was uh, the kind of the, the companion or aide to Keats, um, certainly during his as he was dying. Hmm. So the the choice to do that is a little uncertain it might be as foreshadowing that he is the one to usher in a uh, the person who is important as opposed to him himself being the person who is important oh okay that might yeah that would kind of make sense because Keith or Johnny or that like that character themselves is more just the lens that the reader sees a lot of stuff from. Yeah, um, but he gets more interesting as time goes on. Um, when he is supposed to just be a lens, like really, the, right. he's the way that we see political machinations and military situations and a little bit of the culture of the different worlds. That is when I personally was not looking forward to his points of view, um, unless they could give me a, a, a an avenue into Gladstone. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think that's fair. Gladstone is the big one where I oh, I remember really enjoying those sections. In, yeah, admittedly, in large part because of Gladstone and what was going on around her. I don't. I don't think I kind of had many thoughts when I initially read the book about him. I was just kind of like, I think I just kind of thought of him as, oh, he's the narrator. We're probably going to see stuff with more of the political stuff or stuff about the war. Uh, right. So you need, you need to focus on that. Yeah. So, so I can see that being fair that him as a character, at least in those situations, isn't, uh, the most interesting right complex. yeah that's a good point to make oh uh, yeah so do we want to so why don't we go uh, do we want to go into each of the pilgrims and uh, talk about their resolutions for the book yeah um, probably in the in the process, noting that this is the end of 
much. Uh, certainly, at the end of these characters' stories, um, a very much an end um, within the series. Yes, uh, yes. Books one and two are very much a one. St- <laughs> all four books are one story, but it, it can be broken up into. One and two is kind of part one, and three and four are kind of part two. With part four being an ending both to three and four, but then also an ending to one yes. through four. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. So now we have to. Yeah, we've got resolutions um, as opposed to like kind of backs. We've gotten the backstories, and right. now we and now they come to fruition. Um. So, if we were to take, I kind of want to take the most dubious one first, that being the priest. Ah, yes. Okay. Now, the priest is barely in this book. The priest from... Well... Well, you know, Hoyt or Okay, okay, okay. The, the, The pilgrim... Hoyt. The, yeah. the, the the pilgrim Hoyt is barely in this book. That's not necessarily the priest. And now it kind of seems clear to me why um, it was never about Hoyt in that section because it was never going to be about Hoyt. Right. Which is... I would assume that because uh, you, you could have probably probably made it so that uh, you had the same kind of story, but you could have Duray himself tell it, and there's some other reason that he comes back, and so he himself could be the pilgrim. So, especially since he has a an important position at the end of this book. Yep. <laughs> You could say that. I would hazard to say <laughs> yes. that the reason for that could be that there is going to be uh, something for him in later on because he has the cruciform. I am going to read and find out anything involving. Hoyt and Duray past book two. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on but, that. So, so and, and that's to say that uh, if we allow that to be the case, then that would be a good reason to not take the simpler route and just have Duray be the priest character. You yes, have to have this will... kind of dual personality for this reason. Yes, is what I'll say. There is a reason. There, there's a reason that he wrote it that way. Yeah. Uh, in that section, it was kind of crazy. Just the reveal of like all the labor of like the labyrinths. Agreed. And just like, hey, there's millions of cruciforms <laughs> here, and like knowing what the cruciforms are from the first book, and just their character. It's like. Oh and then boy. it's like they, yeah, they remain what they are with parasites. But I didn't put together what their purpose was in the grand scheme until later. 
Um, can you remind me what that reveal? <laughs> Basic. Was? Um, think of think of the po- think of the pods in the Matrix. Oh yes, keeps yeah. the batteries alive. Yes, that was crazy. Yeah, but that that's I mean Paul has obviously his like resolution is to be inducted full well back into the church back into the church yeah. as, as the pope. pope yeah as the pope um pope oh it's um tell 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 rant tell rant? no no it's uh it's because it's the scene that i learned we learned a lot about um sorry give me one second i just want to I, I should have written down his name uh his like po his papal name oh taylor yeah because based on taylor de chardin who is a uh judge i believe a jesuit uh priest and saint oh that's weird that he's he's not like he's not the second or anything no well because he he hasn't been the there hasn't been a pope tailhard Oh, he hasn't wasn't yeah. called. Okay, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yes, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of in a yeah, the Dure gets a pretty big promotion. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, he, to, to, for to be fair with with Catholic the Catholic you know faith being largely based around the idea of. Jesus coming back to life and resurrection. <laughs> uh, you want to have a guy that can come back, come back to life yeah. and resurrect, oh, sort of. Yeah, yes, yes, sort of, yeah. Okay, I, you know what, I will, and I understand, again, if what you can say about this is limited. But yes, I think I, God. I feel like there might have been a mistake in the book. Because... Okay. What crucially happens is that Duray the 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 Shrike takes Duray's cruciform, mm-hmm. and the idea is that because he took Duray's cruciform, when Duray dies, he dies, and Hoyt gets regenerated in his place, and then is has that body forevermore. Um, but after that. There were a couple of times where they were saying the cruciforms, the cruciforms on his body, plural. Hmm. And I'm like, there's only one now. You told me there was only one. I would need to re-re... I would need to recap that a little deeper to make, to double-check whether or not that's a, like, that specific point is a continuity error. Okay, but uh, um, point uh, other point being that uh, Duray has a, some bit of an arc in the sense that he uh, has to re- he can't quite reclaim his capability as a theologian. Um, he's not never going to be as smart as he was because the. Regeneration has dulled him, right? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, there. That's yeah. That's pretty much it for them. I think. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. Um, we could. I well, can either go, go in order, or I bring up another one of the ones that didn't appear to need to be uh, important. I think we can. Yeah, I don't think we necessarily need to go in order because it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not as relevant to the conversation. The order. Bron Lamia turned the strike into glass. That's it. Yes. I okay. Uh, she she's giving. She has the Messiah. The Messiah. That's fine. Yeah. But I. <laughs> yeah. You know what? She's she's the she's the Virgin Mary. It's fine, except not really. Yeah. So not. Yeah. Okay. The, I I see what you're <laughs> saying about in this book. Like it's she doesn't really do much. Uh, I think that a lot of the stuff around her is more that the more important parts about her are well obviously she's carrying the, the like empathy part of the with the human UI yeah yeah that um that's obviously her biggest part but she's kind of the, still the main lens uh into that part of the okay no way she she uh went with the original cybered into cause she sees Iman as well right yeah, so yeah. she is the actually the only one who comes back. So yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, that is true, and, and that's probably the biggest. <laughs> that's the most probably the most important plot point section of the book. It's also the most expositiony. <laughs> uh, yeah, but 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 it, it, but it didn't feel like it because no. of the strangeness of how it was relayed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it it is the like even so like even though she doesn't explicitly take a lot of actions we get the most important plot points of hey there's a human AI, a UI and like a like and a machine more about UI. Yeah, the machine UI uh, and what's going on with the attack on the on the um, hegemony and, uh, and how it relates to that right and so she does she does figure that out um I I guess I was thinking more in terms of something with character, but I would have to say that that didn't really pan out for almost anybody. Almost anybody. Well, yeah, it's funny. That's I was going to say is it's funny given that the first book is large since it centers around these six or seven, if you count Hetlestian characters, that a lot of their like uh, explicit character development is not as important to the story in general as how all of the pieces fit into the whole. Right. Yeah, that, that's where he's uh, that's where he's uh, focusing his energies is to make sure that the threads come together. Yeah, which you know I think is I think is just as important a a thing right, in my mind. Yeah, especially given that book one 
is, did so much groundwork. Right, yeah, so much groundwork, and it's, they're all separate, and you can see how they're all connected, kind of, but, like, now they're all, um, like, now they're actually impacting the present story, because, you know, it's an all backstory now. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that, um, creates more of a sense of urgency. So yeah, that was what Braun did. Yes. Uh, Kassad. Kassad did become... Kassad does a lot. He does, he does, certainly does yeah, a lot. Yes, he, he does a lot. He, Whether or not that's correct. He um, became... Like, it was clear that he was off doing his own thing and he was coming to meet some kind of destiny... Um, but he became way more consequential than ever could have imagined. Especially given, like, book, his story in book one is kind of, you wouldn't think that he would become as. (laughs) Right, because he was, um, ultimately a, seemed like a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Um... He's he's basically the John Connor of this story. Oh, in terms of oh, with like the ouster from stuff? Terminator. Yeah, with like the ouster stuff. With or the time the time travel with the time with the time travel and beating the Strike Army. That's yeah. Um, and basically making it so that um, because he goes back and he meets Moneta. Yes. Um. As before, and sh- and he had known her from obviously from the previous book, but yes. she didn't know him. So he goes back, and he himself, <coughs> excuse me, sets the events in motion that allow her to find him and start the process over again. Right, and. That's uh, what, like, with Terminator, seen it, but it was really cool. Yes, yeah, that is really neat. The section with him that was striking to me is what is he's the lens that we first meet the ousters, right? Yes, and that small sample is how we uh, are picturing the ousters for a long time. Yes, the kind of too tall, too pale yes. humans. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Basically, mod, they're modified to. They've modified themselves, or are, are modified to survive in different environments. Right. And so, but then he, but then he doesn't really. Then he doesn't really have um, interactions with the ousters. It's the not to get ahead of ourselves, but it's the console yes. where we yes. get a lot more. Yeah, with ouster stuff, because uh, there's more the political. Yeah, because there's yeah. more the political stuff. Uh, yeah, so there's the because with Kassad, there's the him fighting the Strike Army, right? Yes, and he leads the army. Uh, the the skin suit human army yes. against them, and he dies. And so that's he played that crucial role, and then 
Is yeah. bit it. Yeah, he 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 did a soldiery thing. He he he, 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 he got to got he soldiered. Yeah, he 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 got to soldier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I always, I thought that the ouster reveal was really I enjoyed that or not enjoyed but like reductive but like I thought it was a really cool reveal. What the ousters are? Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 hold off on more, uh, uh, more of that though for yes. the time being. Um, uh, I want to talk about Martin Salinas. Okay, I want to talk about the poet. Um, and, and I and I start by saying Martin Salinas because there's more than one poet in this book. Um, oh yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of poets in this book. Yeah. Um, uh, he disappointed me. Yeah, I like as I was rehabbing this, I'm like, he doesn't really do much. <laughs> he he was he reached a crescendo with trying to finish yes the cantos the cantos and then he didn't and then he you had that time with him where he very well described the pain on the thorn tree which that's in that's important just because, it's important to yes. know um right from that perspective yeah absolutely it's, he because he, it's talked about a lot oh god he does that but we we had such a view of his um internal process and and Maybe he more than um, maybe anyone else. Yeah, his I, internal I, life I is most that. important, and it feels like um, he got got forgotten about. Yeah, well, and, and I think I agree. Uh, I think part of that can be somewhat chalked up to going back to a lot of the character threads. Are they, they now in the first book? They get their own space. They obviously have their own stories. In this book, they serve the characters more. Serve the whole that Dan Simmons is trying to tell. Uh, I agree. And, I, I agree. I'm, on not, the whole. I'm not saying that as a excuse of sorts. If you want to use that word, uh, I'm just saying that it, it might be why he ends up not really being. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he doesn't even. I, I unless I'm forgetting something like that I did with Braun. I he I don't think he contributed. He yeah, well, he all because he also doesn't really interact a lot with other parts of. Like he doesn't really interact much with the other either the other pilgrim stories or the larger world, right? Uh, compared to like the others. Yeah, uh, but that's pretty much his story. He's one of the one like with Braun. He's one of the ones that's left at the end, and he, uh, you know, continues to be his cantankerous self. Right. Um, yeah. I. Yeah. I. 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 I do just want. I agree with what you're saying. I just want to point that it's. It is cool seeing how he describes. Not cool, but like important how he describes the strike tree stuff just because that's something right. that is built up a lot mm-hmm. uh, so it's at least important that we get that lens it's just kind of a I, I liked that because it it kind of described it as the experience as dreamlike 
not the pain. The pain was not dreamlike at all, but the the surroundings were just yes. a kind of haze, like a a an unchanging, constant state of existence, which I just thought only added to uh, the depiction of pain. Yes, in that moment, because right. that it's just the pain. You it's could say not, that, right? You could say that yeah. that's what it's like. Is just like everything else becomes hazy because it just yeah, right? Because all you, all your, your experience is just centered on just the pain, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, he also doesn't give it to anyone, give his pain to anyone. Ah. Yes. <laughs> for those, well, that... did anyone did anyone ask for it? <laughs> no, no one asked for it. <laughs> The, the Shrike gave him pain, but... <laughs> Alright, I, I had to... Uh, throw that, throw, in, throw that in for the, for the lucky few. Um, yeah, right, yeah, for the lucky few. Um, so, uh... Scholar. Yes. Is this the one where you were going to say where he really does get character stuff? One of the two. Yeah. One of the... One of the two remaining, yeah. Right, or, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, he does. Um, he is... Because he... Comes into a uh, catharsis of um, really under understanding that the understanding is that his because his daughter gives his input gives her input then uh, she. Then that was the right thing for him to do. At least that's what he told himself when he was in that moment when he was desperate, yes. uh, needing to give her I mean, because she was about to be unborn. Right. Yeah. So he like in that instance does make the Abraham choice that he had agonized was agonizing over for his right, and he finally did, and story. he and he said it was um, because his daughter had asked for it and that partially tells the story but not entirely right is it it does matter that it comes from her but it's not so much because of her okay as much as it is her as the origin of his motivations yeah and but it's all him, he- yeah, it's all about it's all about her. It's all about love, and that kind of ties into the idea of humanity being reflected in the larger scheme of things in the universe, like the empathy part of the UI, for instance. Right. It's just like it's all about love, bro. Which um, is the exact same thing that happens in Interstellar, by the way. It is. It is. That's funny. No, it is. But it was such a... Because I was... Throughout the first book, I was trying to follow the meanings and uh, kind of analyses behind Saul's struggle to understand the relationship with God as an Abraham surrogate. Um, But I admit it was hard. Um, But this hit home. Yeah, this revelation this hit home. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's more. It's a little more clear, right? 
that uh, it was that it was always the other way around. Yes. Uh, we should talk or touch on when, with him. So, well, first of all, it's kind of crazy or like just interesting that her birth slash unbirth coincides with the time tombs fully opening. Right. Right. Yeah, right when he gives her to the shrike, the tombs open. Yes. Um, there is, by um, John, uh, the Keats's own admission, there's so much riding on that decision. On Saul's decision. Right. Mm. Which could say that they and with with uh, stories like this about time, you can more easily say this that they are those events are kind of dependent on one another potentially. Yeah, time travel stories. All there's always stuff like this with time travel stories, right? Even though they work in a multitude of different ways, you can. There are always these, we'll say, opportunities to. Um, explain away. I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, like that. Yeah, like that makes sense. And yeah, because it's easy to like time travel can get gimmicky, and um, break and has plot breaking potential. Uh, they can come up pretty quickly, but uh, honestly, a lot of the stuff in this series is so bonkers and how it's like laid out that it kind of you're almost like along for the, just along for the ride at certain moments, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's kind of not that it doesn't matter, but you're like, uh, uh okay, I guess I, I'm gonna have to accept that, and then okay, on to the next thing. <laughs> well, how how soft. Of uh, world building, do you consider this series? Uh, pretty. I don't. Because usually that's a benefit of soft, soft stories. Right. Is that you can pretty much ask the reader to just go along. I there's certain things that are. It, it's a mix, generally more soft than hard. Uh, in that, like, there's a lot of. St- like a lot of this, some of the sciencey stuff is just well, it's science and it works that way. Some of it, it, and some of the science, some of it is like there are hard rules, like you know, like like the cruci- how the cruciforms work, are a little more hard. Yeah, uh, and then some stuff with the far casters and the technicore. Well, yeah, as, 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 yeah. It, as it as it needed to be. Right, yeah, as it needed to be, yeah, as more harder. I a lot of the time travel uh, time travel stuff is softer, and I think that that's fine and that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Rachel is Manetta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was my say something out loud moment. That was my whoa. Yeah. I like it was like a little bit of foreshadowing where you realize that you you didn't know her name from the beginning because when Kassad calls her that she's like hmm 
it's an interesting name. It has a double meaning. I think I'll take it. And I didn't stop to ask, okay, so what is her name? Well, because it's... It's just a a fleeting thing. Right, because it almost doesn't really, until that moment, matter. Well, it doesn't matter to Kassad. No, it certainly doesn't matter to Kassad. And that's also (laughs) interesting, is that, like, intimately links Kassad and Sol. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or at least, like, their stories. Right. Um, Which is, like... (laughs) It's satisfying narratively to have that happen. Um, though Kassad is probably okay with the fact that he's dead because he doesn't have to go back and be like, so. Right. Your, your daughter is um, a very strong yes yes strong uh, um independent-minded uh fierce woman yes with great qualities yes a little and i have known her very well and yes. i'm happy to have known her right very well i've known her for a, a long time across time <laughs> that's right make it as romantic as possible yes leave out some of the details yeah but, but that okay so but that means that Rachel is the one who um almost like almost mutilated Kassad right in the last yeah week. in the like strike sequence type sequence or whatever however it's described yeah and I'm I'm now that I'm looking at it in, in retrospect, I'm tr- I'm actually finding it hard to figure out why that happened. I other don't... than it being a heebie-jeebies moment. Right. I don't know if there's some softer magic. St- I'm gonna use ma- whatever. I just said magic. Whatever. Softer magic stuff with the Rachel in that. I don't know. Future mumbo jumbo. Um, well, I'm not talking about what she's capable the, well, of. Well, well, just that there's some mumbo-jumbo with that and that maybe she's kind of the, like, sort of the strike a little bit or there's parts of, like... Okay. I don't, I don't know. That's all I've got as far as that goes. Right. In fact, it could be that now that we have seen that there is... Maybe there's a main shrike, but that, there, but there are definitely others. So maybe that wasn't really Moneta slash Rachel. That oh, he, in he, that instance, in that whatever. instance, yeah, in yeah, that. that would make sense. Yeah, I, yeah, like I kind of I think viewed it as like there what there is like a main sh- shrike, and that, yeah, maybe she was just yeah. I that that's I think the best we get. Explanation wise, mm-hmm. for that scene in particular. So yeah, but yes, Saul. After you know, his because he's loses Rachel, and I found it really interesting how it was described. It was like some sort of. It was like some lighthouse had turned off for Saul. Mm, yeah, I forget that more wording. so than it, it, it wasn't that wording, but I'm right. He was so singularly focused 
for so long mm-hmm. that I mean it's 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 always hard to lose a child but like he was dedicating every waking moment not only to saving her but to like pretending for her yeah like he's he's rev- he's reverse parenting her <laughs> yeah pretending for her getting getting treatments to fake his age and like setting stuff up so that she's yeah. not it just his entire the entire back half of his life was re well re reverse raising her. <laughs> what well, was reverse raising yeah. her, um, and just even more than a parent in general, just totally giving himself over to that, um, and specifically waiting for. I mean, some parents might like wait for the kids leave the nest moment, but this is very different, <laughs> right? Because it's... You can't say to yourself, this is the beginning of something else, something better, even though it's really sad. This isn't. <laughs> no, this is... Yeah, this is... like As you talked about in the last... In, on the discussion about the first book, like, it's... It, it's... This just supernatural... Awful thing that can, you know, only be done in a sci-fi fantasy story. Mm-hmm. But, um... But he he put everything into this, and now he... And, and then he had nothing. Um, and then he was gifted with what he... The, his, his wildest dream all along, which was to see the actual Rachel back. Right, yes. Yeah. Which it's like... Thank you for giving him that. <laughs> yes, something that's not soul cru- crushing his soul. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now he's uh, in the future. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's like basically with her. Remind- he ends basically just with her in... Pretty much. He goes back to that time that Kassad left from, it seems yeah, like. So I, I feel like we might see... Again, don't you don't have to say anything, but I feel like that we're... We have reason to... We, we might see Saul in the back half of this series because he's, go, he's gone into the future. Hmm. We might see... Um, might even see Salinas because he 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 lived that long before. True. Um, yeah, after all and, the cryogenic whatever stuff for him. Right. And speaking about who we're about to get onto, uh, didn't the console? Did the console was, start ang- aging or not? No. Well, I, it was his grandfather. That was the, the, that was right. Okay, yeah, right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his grandfather that that basically that had like the time dilation because of like space travel, right? Uh, or, or 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah. Well, let's go to the console. Yes, he, he's. I, I admit, I when we started this episode, I forgot about it, how much was is with him like how much oh, is involved with him oh how, yes just like politically is the big thing politically and thematically he mm. is he is right at the center of 
something that I'm really glad he followed through with, which was um, coming out of uh, the fairly clear message of Maui Covenant of the right. preservation of, of culture, of culture and, and ecology. Yes, ecology, environment. Yeah, um, and we get the what the Ousters really are. Um, no, okay, no, but even before that, we understood how um, Gladstone and others uh, made decisions based on the untenability of humans' continued dominance of where they went. Yes. So they had to find a way to make room for what they came across. And the ousters did. They were a subset of humans that appeared to have, but they didn't have the power. No. And they needed to... They, they had more power than... They had more certainly more organization than we, than we knew, than yeah. we thought, because... Of course, they were labeled as barbarians. <laughs> yes, as every group of others in st- in story in particular are before, like we usually before we get to the reader gets to know them, right? Or audience, not just books, but um. And every time, it's, I feel like some sometimes I feel like every time I'm still like, yeah, yeah, those guys, those guys are the worst. <laughs> Just because I only have the one viewpoint. Right. Um, but he, he... Poor guy. He he also had a very singular focus in life. Well, oh, yeah. Of getting revenge on two different parties. And that he are, was, God. And he was being played the entire time from, by everyone. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest one, obviously, being <laughs> Well, the Technicore was playing everyone. <laughs> right. But, and, and, and by extension him, but then he was also being played by the Hegemony and the Ousters. Right. Both of the people that he was thinking to be swindling, but it wasn't to be. Um, and then if they finally catch on that you know, they're thinking about his execution, and, and, they're, and they're started off by being like, so... You knew that we would remember this, right? And you still came, and you, and you know that this is well, the the ousters. The ousters are yeah. like, and you know that this that what we're likely to do, and you still came back, and so they're starting to think about it, and then they realize, oh, he he low key wants this. Oh, he to, low to key die, wants yeah. to die by execution. So they're like, nah, brah. No, you have to live. You have to clean this stuff up. Yeah, is... and, was, and his his horror at that was 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 hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah, especially since he had like you said, he'd been trying to play all the sides, and they were playing him, and now it's well, consequences are a thing, and you need to deal with your consequences, right? Uh, pretty directly. <laughs> You don't get to martyr yourself like your grandfather. Sorry. No, yes. That, yeah. That in particular, yeah. Yeah. You don't get the clean version. There's no cleanliness of this for you. I do not grant you a quick death. Yeah. Uh, so he's, well, well, so, for, <coughs> so let's, 
talk about um well f- well first of all this, I want to um touch on uh real quick Hetmas Steam the fact that he was colluding with the Shrike cult so he can pilot the Tree of Pain right and he was cool with that until he saw the tree of pain. Yes. So then he's like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't have a whole lot other than that, but it is... Obviously, he wasn't dead. <laughs> uh, um, he... He wasn't. He wasn't dead from. But then he did die. Or yeah. Or yeah. Sorry. Yeah. From book one, he wasn't dead. Right. Um. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Not much. Well, the Templars were very shrouded, both literally and figuratively. Yes. We don't. Yeah. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. In general, that we knew. Uh, yeah. Right. Because even though he's a point of view character, he doesn't. Is he reveal or. Even though he was the like the one technically one of the pilgrims, he doesn't reveal a lot. Right. Um Yeah. Uh, um Yeah, that was about yeah, that was it for the last pilgrim. Um That's pretty much it as far as they're they're concerned. Yeah. So do we wanna so there's Basically, we have everything else to talk about. Everything else. Um, uh, I think it's, um, unless there's something else peripheral that comes to mind, um, I think that we can we can leave it off here. Yeah, I, I'd like that, yeah. Because, yeah, there's enough. And the rest, I don't know, the rest of the book is just nuts <laughs> or at least at least that was I'll sure I'll bring this up when we start talking about it but when I read this in high school I just remember being floored by the by like just the revelations and the sequence of how the whole war plays out yeah and I remember you told me your your biggest flooring and that turned out to be reversed <laughs> yes yeah but I think that's it for now. So, Alright. Well, yeah, so this is our first discussion on the fall of Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Uh, we will uh, be back for one more episode on this book. Uh, in the meantime, we are your hosts, Johnny. And John. And we will see you, or you can listen to us, <laughs> next time. <laughs>